Libraries. We're here on the KU campus. Since 1950, more than 300 tornadoes have been reported in the Kansas City metro area. Yeah, it's going through Linwood right now, Brian. Uh, and you can see the multitude of power flashes. But few compared to what happened the evening of May 28, 2019. I think this is a large and extremely dangerous tornado. Oh, there it is. Oh, you can see it plainly, plainly see it now. An EF4 tornado tore through parts of Douglas and Leavenworth counties. 18 people were hurt. I was honestly scared I was gonna die. You're used to seeing us on the evening news. This conversation is different. I'm Haley Harrison, and this is KMBC 9 Storytellers. Douglas County is the tornado emergency. Anywhere near Bonner Springs and Baser, uh, you need to be prepared for a violent tornado, perhaps one that we have not seen in over a decade. It hit just south of Lawrence around 6.17 p.m., and within minutes, it chewed up the Pendleton's family farm. Uh, it is huge. You can just barely see to the left the uh, east side of it. They sell plants and produce from their home and farm, and they used to have a thriving agritourism business with butterflies, pumpkins, and you pick asparagus. That day, though, they lost five of seven greenhouses, and their home was heavily damaged. In this episode, we traveled back to the farm. Uh, this little foyer area was here before. One year later, to catch up with owner John Pendleton. He and his wife, Karen, are still rebuilding, they haven't lived in their home since before the storm. But their business has reopened, thanks in part to an outpouring of local support from loyal customers. All right, I got two pounds here. This is our conversation recorded on the eve of that anniversary. John, how are you feeling today? The anniversary date is the 28th, but the reality is um, yesterday was the anniversary for me because uh, the trying to the tornado happened on a Tuesday, the day after Memorial Day. And so for us on this farm, that's typically our last day of pick your own asparagus. Uh, Karen made it the last day that she needed to pick peonies. So the coolers were full of peonies. Um, I usually give tours of the hydroponic tomato greenhouse on Memorial Day. That's the only day I have always given tours. And um, so we had a huge day with lots of customers and then Tuesday hit, and Tuesday, you know, the forecast was there's going to be storms someplace, and they talked about around the airport, and and so we were aware that there was a good chance. But um, um, no, it's uh, you know tomorrow's going to be kind of just another day because I think uh, I think feeling a little bit of the anniversary being on the Tuesday after Memorial Day. So you know this is it's it's tornado anniversary week for me, but, uh, but I'm doing okay. How do you feel about milestones, the one-year anniversary? Yeah. Those well, you know, I, they, they are important for people for a reason, because it was a major occurrence in our lives. And um, I do remember the mixed feelings I had. Are we going to retire? Are we going to quit? Uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? And and, and you know, that was the first few days. Uh, but oh my goodness, the first few hours after the tornado, the number of people who showed up then and then for the next two months was just incredible. You must have really found out just how loyal your customers were in those hours, days, and months following the tornado. Yeah, well, a lot of our customers are good friends of ours. 
we have a lot of customers that I recognize and, and um, there's a lot of people that I don't necessarily recognize that I do know are good customers. There were, there were people, I'll see a photo from here that I hadn't seen before and there would be somebody in the background of that shot that I didn't know was here helping. And, and um, so I'm, I'm I, wish I, I wish I knew every single who was here uh, uh, right after the tornado and did help us, but uh, I know a lot of them who did and, and, and certainly it wasn't just the people that physically came here. There were a lot of people that, that um, helped in other ways and, and to be quite honest, there were, there were tremendous donations that, that were given uh, to our farm because you know a lot of things were insured, certain things aren't insured because uh, small greenhouses are typically self-insured and you gamble every year. By golly, we lost five out of seven uh, last year. And, and um, uh, But we had many, many years where we didn't need insurance on greenhouses. There was a GoFundMe page that raised something like $25,000. And so it would have been a lot easier to just say, okay, we're done. We're gonna completely quit. The GoFundMe literally was spent on this new greenhouse and building the front porch of the market. And, and so the money went exactly for what customers wanted it to. They wanted us to stay in business. And, and um, uh, uh, you know, Jasper Mirable uh, did a fundraiser uh, in Kansas City, of course, too. And, and that money went to keeping the farm going. And, uh, you know, and, and then all the individual donations that I wish I could tell you from, uh, from the, you know, couple of bucks from little kids that, uh, uh, did fundraisers to people who, who literally donated large amounts of money just because they wanted to help us. Most people don't do that for their any business. But... I know. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, and, and I, I feel the love that, that people have given us, certainly. You talked pretty seriously about selling, quitting. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Do you have any regrets? Oh, um, that's a great question. No, I don't think, you know, I haven't had time to think. I mean, we're, we are still fixing up. Um, if someone came along and wanted to buy the farm today, by golly, we're gonna be talking to them. Our kids aren't coming back. Um, I know that this was something that would take a while to transition to some other owner. And so, you know, we're, we're certainly open to anybody that is interested in doing what we're doing and, and helping them or, you know, or step back and let them change the direction. But, but we could sell the farm in one day at an auction. I mean, that's not hard to do. That's not what we want to do. So what were the total losses here? Is there, is there a dollar figure that some in insurance appraisers put on it? Uh, not really, but, but it's, it's big, yeah. Um, there, were, there were things that were insured that, um, uh, so our, uh, and I'm pointing off in the direction of where our, our the heart of the agritourism, our, our big deck uh, that, that held easily a couple hundred school kids and um, it was insured but it, the insurance money on that helped to pay for the other buildings that were destroyed that weren't insured. 
Um, and so I, I, I guess changing the operation where we might not be as centered with school groups and things like that. Um, right now, the agritourism business is kind of in the funny way of, uh, of uh, uh, just, you know, the COVID and, and whatnot. So we're, we're starting to fire back up with farmers markets and things like that. But even those are not social events. They, there are, you know, please send one, have one person from your family and no music, no dogs and, and things like that. But uh, um, no, it's, we're trying to figure out what we should be doing responsibly as far as being open to the public. And, and early on, we realized how fortunate we were here at our place to be able to be open this spring. And, and the fact that the number of people that are gardening this year uh, that have never gardened before or that gardened in the past and they're doubling up on and, and then newcomers to processing, canning, freezing, that sort of thing. So we're, we're in a great position to help provide uh, vegetable plants for people's gardens and then uh, the vegetables that people came out. And, and even though we did not do pick your own asparagus this year, we sold more asparagus to customers this year than we've ever had. And for us, it was good because the restaurants um, weren't able to take advantage of, of the local produce that we had because they weren't open. And you started with asparagus back in 1980. And you told our Bianca Beltran last year that you guys have had about a disaster every 10 years, yeah, yeah. Uh, last year being the tornado. <laughs> and then this year, uh, COVID-19, a global pandemic happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you say to yourself in those moments when you think about all that's happened in the last calendar year? So so this recent thing is is just an extension of the last year for us. So I, I, heard, uh, I heard Karen tell somebody that uh, um, we've been in limbo for the last 11, 12 months. We've been in limbo for the last year. And so it's nothing new to be flexible, to be able to try and figure out, okay, now what do we do next? Um, uh, I had no idea how important it was early on to get our internet sales up and people ordering over our website. I kept thinking, oh, this will pass, this will pass, and it didn't. And, and we were able to take advantage of people that wanted to be socially distant and, and come out to the farm and instead of curbside pickup, we had front porch pickup. And um, being able to put together early spring lettuce and potatoes and onions and an asparagus root or two, and so people were able to have uh, Victory Garden starter kits. And, and um, they went very well. And, and then people started realizing, well, I can start ordering my tomatoes and peppers. I can start ordering other things. And then they started ordering produce. And so we'd put it together, put it on the front porch with their name. They'd pay with a credit card. And, and if they wanted us to take it to their trunk, we were happy to do that too. So would you say that this spring, the way it's all worked out with this sort of resurgence in gardening, that it's been a good spring for you or are you just kind of making it work? Well, we're making it work and, and uh, it takes twice as long to take care of a customer than what it used to, but I don't need nearly as much parking. You know, since we don't have the agritourism, 
We don't have the play area. We aren't doing the pick your own asparagus. Uh, people come, they buy their stuff and, and, and go ahead and leave. And we try and get a little conversation in there when, when, when we can, but uh, um, it has been more difficult, but, but by golly, it has been a good spring. It has been. Good. Um, so much, much here at the farm is different than it was yeah. a year ago today. So what, what, is, what are your goals for getting things back to, in big quotes, normal? <laughs> and will they ever? We're not sure what's going to be uh, normal. I do know that uh, where we had a couple hundred varieties of perennials uh, just a couple years ago, we had five perennials this year, peonies, uh, milkweed is a throwback for the, when we had the butterfly house. And, you know, there are certain ones that we just had to have. Um, and, you know, two or three of them, I'm looking over to the tiny corner on a table, rue, with you know, certain things that, that uh, fit in herb, but also a perennial for butterflies. So that's kind of a throwback to when we had the butterfly house, but we're not, we're not presently planning on rebuilding the butterfly house. Um, uh, we're trying to streamline uh, as best we can. Um, we dropped from 110 varieties of tomatoes to 57. And I'm thinking next year we might drop a few more instead of adding any, we'll, we'll just determine which ones should we go ahead and not have as much, but then expand our herbs and things like that. Not worry as much about annual flowers, but the number of people that just came out and bought baskets and planters already done. Um, but that's, we've seen that trend really over the last 10 years anyway, where people are not gardening for recreation as much, but they still want pop of color and getting baskets and, and planters that are already done um, uh, is an easy way to, to do some small time gardening. What will be the thing when it's completed that will say to you, you have recovered from that, from that tornado? Uh, probably moving back into the house, I think. Yeah, right now we're living down the road. Um, Haven't been in your house since the tornado. Well, we're in well, it not, every day. Not living, not living in it. <laughs> I I, actually, I, I, I do. There's a single bed way in the back of the house of, that uh, that that I have. I've spent a few nights out here. Yeah, uh, especially last summer when we were doing farmers market, uh, I'd be loading up the vans till late at night, and and then I'd just go ahead and sleep here and get up early in the morning and go to farmers market. But uh, um, yeah, our, our Lawrence Farmers Market this Saturday will have its first actual live market instead of pre-orders drive-through and so um, but we're our, our footprint in each booth is a lot smaller and so it's going to it's going to be difficult to figure out how to we don't know how many customers will show up too um, but but we know that what we will take will probably sell quicker than what we'd like to and and then apologize to people that we ran out who's that talking to us over well there? that's the rooster and and uh, you know the two of the biggest questions. How did the chickens fare during the tornado? And, and uh, how, how, you know, did mama cat and the kittens make it? Well, mama cat and the kittens were fine. I hate to admit that we actually had a problem with a predator that was getting into the chickens prior to the um, tornado, L right prior to the tornado. 
Um, and so we had gotten down to not too many and, and we were having a very difficult time of catching um, a critter that, and, and we didn't even know what it was, but it ended up being a, 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 an unknown dog in the area that was getting in and grabbing a chicken and, and you saw no, you know, nothing indicating how the chickens were going away, but our numbers were starting to drop. We had given away all of our chickens just to get, because we weren't catching this critter. It was, uh, the small traps that we had were being tripped, but uh, now I have a much larger trap so that I can live catch a, a dog or a coyote. But um, darned if the first thing we rebuilt was the chicken coop. <laughs> How many chickens do you have today? So uh, that's a whole ridiculous long story. <laughs> we had, before the tornado, because of the critter, hired somebody to raise us teenage hens. We get a call, uh, gosh, it was in July. Well, the girls are ready, and, and I'm thinking, I don't want chickens. And after talking to several people, no, we needed chickens. And so we rebuilt the chicken coop as fast as we could. The girls were raised on a farm that also got hit by a tornado. So there were 60 chicks. The same tornado? Same tornado. And their house was flipped through a pasture, ended up in the bottom of a creek. So out of 60 chicks that she had, uh, 30 didn't make it, but 30 did, and they were tough. And, um, uh, and then actually a friend gave us a, uh, about a dozen on top of that. So we're, uh, we're less than 50, but, um, uh, but we've, got, we've got some good girls. And, and yeah, that's the rooster right now talking to us. 30, 30, 30 to 50 tough ladies in there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's life on a farm. I guess, yeah. Tornadoes, dogs, yeah. disasters of every sort. It sounds like there's no shortage of adventure out here. Yeah, and, and um, last year I delivered our CSA, our Community Supported Agriculture Bags, I delivered them on a Tuesday, and Douglas County Courthouse is one of the places that I drop off, and, and uh, uh, a fellow saw me, and we had a quick conversation, and, and uh, I was done dropping off bags. He was there the next week and made sure he got there in time to see me. He said, do you remember what we talked about last week? And oh my gosh, this is one week after the tornado. No, and, and he said, you said we were one huge storm away from a disaster. And I said, you're right, but I was talking about flooding. And, and he says, that's right. And, and, and that, that was our bigger concern that day it was not a tornado, it was the fact that Clinton Lake was full, Tuttle was full, Perry Lake was full, and we had big storms in the forecast, and we were worried about flooding. Thank goodness we didn't have a flood. <laughs> but that was, that was and, and the guy had to get there to say, do you remember what we talked about? No, I don't. You said we were one big storm away from a disaster. Yeah. So as I wrap up here, it would have been so easy and maybe it's still going to be what you end up doing, but retirement or selling at an auction or uh, selling in some other way. All those things would be so easy. Why have you gone through all the trouble and the effort that you have the last year to bring the business back to what it is? It's what we do. 
Um, it's what we enjoy doing. We still enjoy doing. And oh my goodness, you know, again, with the customers that we've got, with the, uh, with, with the outpouring, again, um, of, of the community to, you know, to, to tell us we want you to keep going. Um, you know, we feel an obligation, but, it, but it's what we enjoy doing. Um, Retirement, sure. Fishing a little bit, that'd be great. But but no, I kind of I kind of like being on the tractor. I absolutely love talking to customers, and this has been killing me with with not having the pick your own and and, and wearing the mask most of the time. But uh, no, it's it's it, it's it's a great way to raise a family. It's a great place. This is the farm that I grew up on. But I don't. Um, uh, but I, I don't feel an obligation to the family, to the Pendletons in the past. This, uh, we could quit any day, and I'm and I'm okay with that. But right now, I still really enjoy what we're doing. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead, like, rate, and review, and join us next time.